The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. For him, love should inspire love. Sacrifice should inspire sacrifice. Love should inspire love. Sacrifice should inspire sacrifice. Loyalty should inspire loyalty. So, what he did for us, we should now do for his purpose. You know what Paul says? He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. He now says, and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. So what he's saying is, what Jesus did for me, I want to do for him. I want to give my life for his purpose, just as he gave his life for my salvation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. All right. Let's have our seats. Amen. Amen. One of these days, eh, I think we should just do something where, you know, uh, we just come and we write songs. What do you guys think? I don't know. Maybe it's just in the choir, the instrumentalists. We just write songs. You know, we get it right. We, you know, we sing it. Then we perfect it. You know, I think we should do that. You know, yeah, yeah, because I think we can write many, many, many songs that way. Praise God. And the the, the keyboard is playing by inspiration. Just following. Okay, this is the key. This is the key. Get it right. The drummer. This is the key. This is the key. Get it right. Then the, you know. <laughs> Praise God. I think we actually we not we do that a lot in this church. You understand? We do one take on stage. Get it right on stage, put out the video, and it's nice. <laughs> it can get better when we work on the editing and all, but it's nice, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, you ready for the word? Mm. Glory to God. Mm. Matthew chapter number six, Mammon exposed. Mammon exposed. Money can be an idol. Money can actually be an idol that takes you away from God's plan and purposes um, from, for your life. Money can be an idol. Remember we said last week that the only thing God compared or the scriptures compare the worship of God to was a worship of money. He said you cannot serve God and money. Money. He didn't say you, not, you cannot serve God and the devil. No. He said you cannot serve God and mammon. Why? Because money is a compelling force. Money is a what? It's a compelling force. Money is compelling. It compels you. That desire, that, that need for money compels you to actually take routes that are away from God's plan for you. Glory to God. So it's important to understand the purpose of money. It's important to understand the purpose of resources. The man whose wealth is his Lord is weak. Is weak in faith. The man whose wealth is his boss, his Lord, is weak in faith. That's why you find that the epistles are replete with uh, 
They are replete with instructions to the wealthy as to what to do with money. And what to do if they have lots of money. It says, charge them that are rich in this world. First Timothy 6, I think 17. They charge them that are rich in world that they will be willing to distribute. And should not put their trust in uncertain riches. There's a reason why it tells, tells them that. Because of the capacity for money to take the place of God. Your faith should be in God. But you see, when there's money, your faith becomes in money. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So for example now, if you said I want to go to a school to study. If you had 100 million in your account, you know you, know you would say I'm going to the school to study. Are you following? Right? Because you have the money to pay for the fees. But if you don't have money in your account, you understand? You will say, I want to go to that school to study. But I hope I will be able to get there. You understand? So you make plans because your faith is in money. But God is trying to get us to the place where we make plans because our faith is in God. You understand? Now, when we're talking about mammon, we are not just all only talking about the rich man and his trust in his riches. We are also talking about the man that may not have the money who begins to limit himself based on the money he does not have. Oh boy. The man that begins to limit himself based on the money he does not have, assuming that the counsel of God will not stand in his life because of the money he doesn't see in his bank account. It means that mammon is the predominant force in that man's thinking. His trust is in mammon, not in God. So he says, because I don't see the money in my account, I can't achieve what God has said I will achieve. So mammon is more of a compelling force to this dude than God. So Jesus, in Matthew chapter 6, he's saying, uh, he's speaking to disciples. He says, be not be anxious. Take no thoughts of the things you should wear. Of the things you want to eat or where you should live. He says that uh, the leaves of the fields, look at them. They do not toy. They do not spin. But even Solomon is not better dressed than this. So what is he trying to say? He's trying to say, put your faith in God and not in things. Glory to God. Put your faith in God and not in things. Amen. So let's look at Matthew 6 one more time, verse 19, and that's our team scripture. Matthew 6, 19 into 24. There are a lot of plans that are hindered because mammon is the God of the people that God is speaking to. God is speaking to them and trying to say, repent of your idolatry. Do this. Uh-uh, no, Lord, I am moving. I've not seen this. I've not seen that. I've not seen this. Do that. No, I'm not moving. I've not seen this. I've not seen that. God wants to get every believer to the point where they can move at the speed of his instruction, not at the presence or absence of the resources. Because he wants you to get to that point where the resources is in the instruction. You have faith that because he has commanded it, then whatever it is you need will be supplied. So he wants you to move from being resources-minded to being God-minded. Praise the Lord. From being resources-minded to being God-minded. He wants there to be a switch in your thinking. 
the Lord commanded Elijah, he said, go to Sarephath, for I have commanded a widow there to sustain you. He, you see, so at the word of the Lord was enough for Elijah. God wants his word to be enough for you. Some of you, I'm not getting, I'm not going to into two of some of you, see, some of you have gotten into seasons of lack where certain things are not present and you are just perturbed by it. But you don't understand, God did not send the lack, but God many times is using that lack to teach you faith. How to stand on his word and stay there till there's a manifestation. Because Many times, faith matures. Did I say matures? Faith matures. Did I say matures? Yeah, God, how do you say mature? Faith, faith matures in the school of adversity. Faith matures where? In the school of adversity. Adversity is not from God. But you see, oh boy, there is no better training camp than adversity. The man who was sick and got healed by faith can teach faith. And if he gets sick again, he knows the principle to apply to get healed again. Adversity was a training room for him to become, all right, a version of himself that is an overcomer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So God wants to get us to that place where we are able to move at the instance of God's word. Where our faith is in what God said. Where our faith is in what the instruction, the instruction that was given and not our bank account. It's the reason why sometimes you can have some money in your account and God will say give it. Give everything. Because you have seen and run a diagnosis of your heart and found out that your faith is in that money. And he knows that if you grow up with that culture and that lifestyle, you will not have a lifestyle of your faith being in him, but it will be in the paper. Glory to God. It's a training when sometimes he tells you to do that. Now, everybody look at me. Please and please listen to me. Your work with God is a living, vital relationship with the Spirit. It is not mechanical. It means that the Spirit is the one leading and guiding you and is the one who commands and gives you instructions per time. Your work with God and your ability to yield to the leading of the Spirit is actually the sign that you are being promoted in the school of the Spirit. Your inability to follow Spirit-giving instructions is your disqualification from promotion. For your ability to follow through on the instructions of the Spirit, that's how you move from one face to the other. Remember, God commanded Elijah, go to the brook. He went to the brook. God commanded Elijah, go to Zarephath. So you see, if he did not obey the first instruction, the second instruction will not come. Glory to God. Instructions from God are progressive. One leads to the other. So if you are in the school of the spirit, until you are into the first, you will not see the second. It's the same thing in life and ministry. There are certain things God will instruct you to do that if you do not obey the first one, the second one will not come. God is not a talkative. If he tells you to do something once, all right, he will repeat that nudging, but he's not going to skip that instruction. You have to obey to move to the next level. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now listen. Matthew 6, turning there and verse 19 to 24. Let us just read. Glory to God. 
He says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth rust doth cor corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Next verse. He now says, next verse. For where your treasure is, there will your what? Heart be also. So it is about where your heart is located. God does not want our heart focused on the earthly things. Next verse. Now it says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Next verse, keep it going. And now it says, But if thy eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Continue. All right. No man can serve what two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold on to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and what? And mammon. You can't. You can't. What that tells you is that mammon has a voice and God has a voice. There is an instruction, God gives you instructions, and mammon will give you instructions. There's a voice of mammon. A voice of mammon will direct you as to where to walk, where to live. Amen. Glory to God. Think about it. You are attending a wonderful church. That church is responsible for your spiritual growth. Then all of a sudden, you get an opportunity to live miles away from where you are getting your spiritual growth. You understand? Because the pay is better. You move. So you move. Now, you have gotten to this new place. Your spiritual growth is suffering, but you have money. But because you have money and you have comfort, you prioritize that comfort and money that you have above things of the spirit. You are serving mammon. Mammon is your God. Why? Because the priorities of mammon are principal to you. Glory to God. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. Glory to God. Now, let us now, before we even continue, examine the, the purpose of material things. Turn your Bible to Genesis chapter number 1. Genesis chapter number 1. And there's something I found out about God in that. The moment a man gets to that point where he understands that all I have is not mine. I am just a custodian and I am ready to release this as the one who owns it requires it. That man will never have little. The man that gets to the point and says, I am but a channel. I am a channel of these things. I do not own them. I am a channel of these things of God's blessings. I do not own them. I yield to God as to what he wants me to do with it. That man will not sit on a few things. Because God in his mercy will not give you more than you are able to, how will I put it, to handle. One sign that you cannot handle it is that that which God has given you becomes Lord of your life. Instead of the God that gave it to you. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Very, very important for us to note this. Now look at Genesis chapter number 1 and verse 25 to 28. Listen. Some people must not be given fame. If they are given fame, they will make a shipwreck of their, of their faith. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Some people must not be giving money beyond a particular level. They will go mad. There are some men that if they got 10 million today, this night, they won't sleep in their house. You understand? 
They also be in the house. You don't be saying, ah, hey, ah, man. They go, yeram. They go, ah, they go, yeram. They go, yeram. Where's Kilox? Where's Kilox? Where am they? You understand? Why? They can't handle it. There are some that when the money comes to them, it, the, you know, as the money comes, as the financial breakthrough comes, divorce is going to come because they will cheat on their wife. It's a sharp, sharp thing. Press and play. They will cheat on the woman. And they'll say, hey, 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 what do you want? Then get out. What's all this rubbish? Ah, uh -uh. is it only you? It's not, is it only, why? You see, that's why, see. <laughs> Let's learn this thing first. Praise God. My prayer for anyone is that the wealth that will destroy you will not have it. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. It's actually one of the prayers the mother of King Glenwell prayed in Proverbs. He said, don't, get too, don't, don't be too rich, don't be too poor. He said, don't be too rich so that you, you don't lift up your mouth to God and curse him. <laughs> and say, who, who is God? I have money. Hallelujah. Now look at Genesis chapter number one. He said, and God made the beast of the uh, earth uh, after his kind, and the cattle after the kind, and everything that creeped upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that he was good. Now 26, everybody read. What does he say? He says, and God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the earth, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeped upon the earth. Next verse, he now says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him, male and female created him. Next verse, he now says, and God did what? Bless them. And God said unto them, Be what? Fruitful. And what? Multiply. And what? Replenish the earth. And what? Subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the what? Fall of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the air. Go on. Next verse. And God said, Behold, I have given you every air-bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, for to you it shall be for what? For meat. Next verse. All right. And to every beast of the earth, and to so God gave all the things He created what to man. Praise God. What was the purpose of giving all those things to Him for the purpose of dominion? Look at verse twenty-six. He said, "Let us create." Uh, he said, "And God said, let us make man in our image after and like and let them have what." dominion so the purpose of giving him those material things were for the purpose of what of dominion 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 of what dominion of god's plan because we see that genesis chapter 126 talking about christ jesus amen because in psalm 2 verse 8 he says that we read that all things were made subject to the man god created but he says but we do not see that happen yet praise god hallelujah that's hebrews chapter 2 quoting psalm 2 all right he said what is man that thou was mightful of him and the son of man that thou what visitest him thou hast made him a little lower than the what than the angels hallelujah all right that crowned him with what with glory and honor and that that set him so and, and paul goes in hebrews and says he says so wonderful things about man but he said but we don't see that with man he says but we see what in verse 9 but we see what jesus who was made a little what lower than the angels so we see that in jesus amen the earth was created and all in it was given to the christ man for one purpose to fulfill god's plan of dominion upon the earth this tells us that material resources glory to god has a purpose and the purpose of material resources is to fulfill god's plan amen it's to fulfill what god's plan deuteronomy chapter 8 
verse 18 he says but it is god that giveth the what power to what get wealth that he may what establish what the covenant so the purpose of the world is for the covenant to be established wealth material resources has a purpose increase is not for flamboyance increase is for purpose there is a purpose on the earth there is an agenda a kingdom agenda hallelujah hallelujah it's very important there's a kingdom agenda god wants the gospel to reign on this earth he wants it in every corner in every um, in, in 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 every area of that he wants it to reign the gospel must reign every single thing we need to capture this generation we need to have do you understand every single thing whether it is the miracles the signs the wonders um the venues the the influence whatever it is you need he wants us to have it Glory to God, so that we can capture the generation. Because if you do not capture this generation, another person is going to capture this generation, and he will capture the generation for the devil. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Look, look at what is going on in the world today. Hmm? Someone woke up and said, male and female is not the only gender there is in the world. Just woke up, just one day, boom! That male and female is not the only gender in the world. That it is abuse for you to have female toilet and male toilet. That there are some people that they are cis, they are um, his house, they are whatever. You understand? They now say that if I disagree with that position, you are going to deal with me. And what, what's going on? They have the influence to deal with me. Are you following because the people that support that agenda they own the tv stations they own the social media platforms praise god they own all of those stuff so if you put it up facebook can say this position does not agree with our community guidelines and i take it off that's influence brother that's influence and it's influence that wealth gives you. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, look at pornography is raging and ravishing the youth today. A lot of people are bound to porn. How is that possible? Well, you have a lot of wealth in that has been invested in setting up porn sites. Glory to God. Instagram is a platform. A lady just comes there and she's shaking her stuff on Instagram, and someone is sending an IDM and they are doing, you know, social prostitution. Praise God. All that it's money that is driving that. Money is driving it. Hallelujah. So the, the church, the church must be there in the influence game what are we influencing people with with jesus what are we influencing people with with the gospel it look it has to be there hallelujah hallelujah we have to be there 
We have to be there. We have to influence. We have to influence the movies. We have to influence the music. We have to influence it. We got to be there. Why? Because when we influence through those materials, when we influence through the, the arts, when we influence through the books, when we influence through the drama, when we influence through the, the Netflix series or, and have our own Netflix, glory to God. And a lot of people are feeding their, their, their hearts, glory to God, with words of faith. The gospel is preached, people are saved. Material resources has a purpose in mind. Thank God for people like Mark Bamiloe, who caught this in early and started Mount Zion. Now his sons, um, the, I don't know what their names but his sons are now doing more of those movies, capturing their own generation. Giving Christians something to watch. Giving sinners an opportunity to hear the gospel through a drama. Hallelujah. So wealth is not for flamboyance. It has a purpose. And the purpose is kingdom. Glory to God. So the material things or material resources, alright, is to be a tool to fulfill God's eternal plans. Look at Titus chapter 1 verse 4. For us to see what God's eternal plan is. You need to set your mind on these things. That there is an eternal purpose behind every paycheck that God allows to come to your hands. There is an eternal purpose behind every promotion you receive. There is an eternal purpose behind every investment that comes out right. Hallelujah. There is an eternal purpose behind every dollar. There is an eternal purpose behind any pounds. There is an eternal purpose. Yes, there is a part of you taking care of yourself, sorting yourself out, having a good car, having a good house. That's good. But never ever get your eyes off the main, the main, the main, the main, the eternal purpose. The eternal purpose. The eternal purpose. The eternal purpose. Hallelujah. You see, one of the things the devil does is that... If you maybe don't realize it, but there is a there, there is a lot of discipleship sponsored by Satan. The discipleship sponsored by Satan, you find it in the media. Amen. Praise God. Okay, for example, when you talk about pastors and churches, what do you talk about? Jets. Is that correct? Talk about jets, they cover affluence and all of that stuff, right? So they tell you, don't give to the churches. They already have a lot of money. And stuff like that. No, no, no. That's not. See, you, you, you don't understand. Don't, don't misunderstand. Listen, you must understand the plan. The churches are driving Satan mad because they have influence. Glory to God. There's influence in their books. There's influence in their social media. Now you, you have a lot of churches doing prayer every morning. That's influence. Hallelujah. Casting, binding, doing all of that stuff. You have churches doing paying school fees, preaching the gospel, villages, Pastor Paul Leneche is going to this stadium, this person is going to that stadium, C fan is going everywhere like that, and people are coming into the kingdom, coming into the kingdom in their hundreds of thousands. It's driving the devil mad. Hallelujah. So, what the devil is now trying to do is to try to get sons of darkness to now teach you what you should be doing with your money. Think about that for a minute. Someone is not born again. 
now wants to tell me that I'm born again. What I should use my money to do in the kingdom of born again people. And I'm supposed to listen to this, 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 this bugger. Tell me what to do with my money in the kingdom. Bro, you gotta be saved. I'm giving the money so you can be saved. Don't you get it? Because if I put the money in, I'm getting more preachers to preach to you. I'm putting the money in, I'm in your social media. I'm putting money in, we're on TV. I'm putting money in, I'm giving you every opportunity to be saved, sir. It's for you if you don't understand. Hallelujah. I'm to disciple you. You're not to disciple me. I'm not discipling you with my own philosophy. I'm discipling you with Jesus' words. And Jesus said, No man comes to the Father except through me. And let me tell you something. Everybody can talk nice and have their philosophy until when it's time to die. You understand? When death comes, that's when we now know. Because when death comes, all your philosophies end. It is either Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, or the other people are the way, the truth, and the life. But the truth about it is that all of us cannot be right. And I've read a few of these other guys. Believe me, Jesus is more believable. Because when I hear Jesus, that guy knows where he's going. Amen? Jesus didn't say, I'm like the truth. And I smell like the life. No, sir. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He says, no, man. He didn't say, you see, some people. Mm -hmm. Jesus was very definite. Amen. So when I read his words, one person said he doesn't know where, where he's going to, all right, that, um, you know, he's into his at the mercy of um, Allah. Another person says, you know, there's no afterlife. You know, all sorts of stuff. Confucius, Confucian said his own, all right, Ga uh, uh, what do you call it? Buddha said his own, you understand? Buddha, very, very nice principles, very nice concept, very, very nice, ni very nice stuff. But unfortunately, there's no eternal life on those nice stuff. Eternal life is in one person, Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Glory to God. Jesus said it. I believe it. He said, for God so loved the world. John 3, 16 is Jesus talking. I hope you know it's Jesus talking. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. Jesus said so. Someone said, what audacity do you have to say that anyone who does not believe in Jesus is going to hell? I don't have the audacity. Jesus has the audacity. And Jesus said so. I'm quoting Jesus. If you have a problem, take it up with Jesus. You want to sue? Sue him. I'm sure somebody is going to represent you in the Supreme Court of Heaven. But it's not going to be a born again person. And if it's not born again, you're not going to get to heaven. And if not going to get heaven, sorry, you have no representation. Because Jesus is the representation of everybody. And he's our lawyer. And if you have not accepted him, sorry, you have no representation. You have no representation, you're going to hell. And in hell, those, those demons in hell, well, let's just say, they ain't that understanding as God. You know what I mean? Hallelujah. So when you say, I need a lawyer, pass, shut up. You are here forever. We are together here. Amen. So I believe Jesus. There is no greater use of material resources than for it to be used for eternal purposes. Eternal purposes. The way we are able to confer eternity to our perishable goods is by giving them for eternal purposes. Let me show you an example. Look at Mark chapter 14. 
Mark 14 and verse 3. It's the story of uh, Mary Magdalene and a alabaster box. I mean, if you have known about that story of Mary Magdalene and alabaster box. Now, maybe we don't understand, but the alabaster box was actually a box of flasks of very expensive ointment. Very expensive ointment. According to Jewish custom, they presented this, um, the, the virgins or the women, all right, that were unmarried, presented the ointment as a gift to their husbands. You understand? So they kept it. It was very expensive. He says, I'm being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper. Listen now. As he sat at meat, there came a woman having what? An alabaster box of ointment of spiking yard. Very precious. So it was not cheap. Very precious. And she broke the box and poured it where? On his head. She poured it on his head. Glory to God. Next verse. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? Oh boy. Oh boy, how can you waste this on the body of Christ? Ah, it's too much for the body of Christ. Ah, we don't use this kind of expensive thing on the body of Christ. Is it not church? Why waste is a waste? It was not a waste. Because of what it was it was a waste to them because of who it was poured on if it was poured on the king of israel king Herod, you know they would not have seen it as a waste they would have seen it as what as honor but because it was jesus and they didn't see jesus as anything special they said this is a waste how will you pour it on him Praise God. This is a waste. It's a waste. And there were some that had indignation within themselves. Look at it. He said they had what? Indignation. They were angry with the woman for what she did with her own perfume. It was not their perfume. She didn't steal it from them. But they were angry. It's an indignation within themselves. And said, why was this waste of the ointment made? Now look at the next verse. Next verse, it says what? He said, look at it now. <laughs> Where is God? It says, for it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's usually the common conversation. Why? Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, come on. Why did you spend that much money on the body of Christ? You should have given it to the poor. Now, most of you would have said this. They don't really care about the poor. The poor is not important to them because they don't give to the poor. I, I remember one time I was talking to a young man. The guy was arguing and talking. And yap, he was yapping, uh, talking about ministers, something, something that I saw in the day and was on, his, on, on social media, blah, 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 blah. I said, all right, good. 
I said, bro, fantastic. Lover of the poor. Thank God for you. I said, good, all right. I said, by the grace of God, during the COVID lockdown, in our church, we were able to give a lot to give to our members that actually had need, money, food, and all of that. And a lot of churches did this, these pastors were abusing and all. So I now asked him, I said, you are in America. Talk to me, bro. Who did you help? Who did you help? You love the poor. This poor you are always shouting about. Who did you help? Who did you give sustenance to? He didn't give anybody anything. Because it's not about the poor. It's about indignation that the body of Christ is actually worth pouring a perfume that is very expensive on. Are you following what I'm talking about? Now look how it says. He said, for it has been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against who? Hey, who did they murmur against? See, yeah, 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 yeah. They murmured against her over her own perfume. Now look at the next thing. And Jesus said what? Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. Next verse. For ye have the poor with you always. And whensoever ye will, ye will, um, ye will, ye may do them good. You see that? He said, but me, ye have not what? Always. So basically, you will not always have an opportunity to do something for the body of Christ. There will be a time your time will be up on this earth. And that opportunity will no longer be there. Now he said, but me, you have not what? Always. Next verse. He now says, she had done what she could. She is come aforehand to anoint my body to the what? Burying. Which means that she used ah. Perfume to perform an eternal purpose. Now, look at the next thing he now says about it. Verily I say unto you, wherever, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she had done shall be spoken of for a what? A memorial of her. So that means the alabaster box of Mary Magdalene, because she offered it up, so the body of Christ, it took on an eternal place. Such that till today, we are talking about what she did. Offering up our material resources for eternal purposes is the only way for us to convey eternal verities to them. That is how they outlive us. So what she did, though she is no longer on earth, we are still talking about it. Mary Magdalene did not, is not recorded of having taken cities for Jesus. She was not like Paul and she was not like Peter. She was not like uh, Stephen. Yet, what she did here had conveyed eternal significance on her actions. Jesus saying, nowhere this gospel is preached. What she did is noted. So the Holy Ghost ensured that the story of Mary Magdalene and her breaking the alabaster box was in the scriptures. For every one of us here to know that there is nothing that you will do for the body of Christ that God will ever forget. It is not forgotten, sir. Hallelujah. It is not forgotten. All right. 
Look at it. She gave up her precious ointment so his body will be anointed. She gave up her temporal goods for the eternal glory of the body of Christ. All right? Our actions are a memorial to this day. We are reading about her. Now the Holy Spirit mandated that this woman's story be told. This is as a message to us all. That all, right, that all we do and give up for the body of Christ will never be forgotten. Hebrews 6 and 10. It will never be forgotten. Never be forgotten. You are a local church. You are a faithful partner. Do you think the, the, the Lord forgets? No. You can't. You, he does not forget. No, sir. He doesn't. Let me tell you something. Even I, as a minister of God, when I, I, I remember and I, I note the partners are, you know, I can't, I don't forget. Talk less him. I'm going to show you some scriptures here also. You see examples, same thing. Now look at Hebrews 6.10. He said, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and what? And labor of what? Of love, which ye have what? Showed toward his name in that ye have ministered to the saints and do what? Minister. Praise God. You have ministered to the saints and you do what? Minister. Let me show you another scripture. Acts of Apostles chapter 10. Acts of Apostles chapter 10. And from verse 1. Acts 10 and verse 1. Look at this. Pay attention. It says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. A centurion of the band called the Italian band. Next verse, he now says, A devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much, look at it, which gave much what? Arms to the people and prayed to God what? Always. So he gave arms to the people. Jewish people, Christian people. He was a Gentile, but he gave arms to the people. Alright? Now, he says, he saw in a vision. Evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming to him and saying unto him, Cornelius, look at the next verse. He now says, and when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and what? Look at it. He said, thy prayers and thy arms are come up for a what? A memorial before who? Talk to me now. Before who? This guy wasn't saved, yet his prayer and his giving was noted before God. Before God. His prayer and his given was noted before God. That word memorial is used here. Is same word memorial used when he talked about the actions of uh, what is her name now? Uh, uh, Mary was going to be a memorial all right, to her name. Before God. God doesn't forget. He doesn't forget. He keeps records. Because that word, the word memorial is actually in the Greek record. Record. He keeps record. The very fact that um, the givings of people were noted in scripture is to let you know that God keeps records. He keeps records. He keeps records of the sacrifices. If not, the time Solomon offered 1,000 bond offerings would not have been noted. He keeps records of it. 
He keeps record of it. The Bible talks about Jesus. Jesus was all right in the temple, and people were giving. And the Bible said Jesus stood by and was watching what people gave. Is that what the Bible says? Amen. Some people say God doesn't mind what you gave. Uh, but I was like, hey. But when Jesus came, Jesus was watching what people gave. Then he looked and said that a woman, a widow woman, gave two mites. He now said that woman gave more than everybody. Why? Because she gave all that she had. Now tell me something. Why would a widow woman who is poor give all that she has? What is the explanation for it? She's supposed to keep some. Jesus didn't pray for her. Jesus was watching. But the woman gave all that she had. And Jesus took note of it. Hallelujah. He did what? He took note of it. Which means that those actions, all right, are recorded. So God gives, keeps record of those who have demonstrated victory over selfishness through giving. He sees himself in their conduct, all right? He sees himself with their conduct. Now, I want to just state very clearly. Listen. The alabaster box of Mary Magdalene would have gone unnoticed. We would not have known that there was even anything called an alabaster box. Because I don't think the word alabaster box was mentioned more than twice in the entire Bible. The very reason why we know that there was an alabaster box that had perfume in it was because Mary broke it on Jesus' head. Are you following? So it means that if she had not aligned her material resources to divine purpose, her material resources would have disappeared in history. Are you following what I'm saying? It will have disappeared in history. We will not have even taken note of it. So, whenever we bring what we have and connect it to the name of Jesus, we put eternal significance to that thing. Glory to God. Glory to God. Why? Because whatever we give to Jesus will not perish. It would have eternal impact and results. Glory to God. For example, if you look at the scriptures in um, the story of the uh, uh, five loaves and two fish, it was just the boy's lunch. If the boy did not give that lunch, we would not have heard of his lunch. But it was because he gave up his lunch that we heard of it. You understand that? And what was the purpose? What did Jesus use his lunch to do? He used his lunch to feed what? A greater number, a great number of people so that they can continue hearing what? The word. So he gave up his lunch for eternal purpose. For an eternal purpose. Hallelujah. Now, in Mark 11 chapter 1, I may remember the story of the, of the call, the quotes. That small um, ass. All right? The, the ass was tied somewhere. Nobody knew about that ass. Nobody knew about that coat. No, it had never. It was just there. Obscurity. Nothing there. Until Jesus had need of it. And they got and lose the, the coat. And Jesus sat upon that coat. Because Jesus sat upon the coat. And used it for an eternal purpose. To fulfill scriptures. We are reading about that coat today. 
And we will continue to read about the court. Who knows? We might see that court in heaven. And say, hey, Mr. Court. It was nice of you to carry the Lord. Hallelujah. But you see, using it for the master, bringing it for the master's use, conferred on it eternal significance. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? He conferred on it eternal significance. Look at it. Mark 11, 1. Let's just read it. Mark 11, 1. Sometimes you find that many Christians have been trained to think about resources and using resources for what they want. That means what they want to use it for. For example, this is how to think. If you buy a car, then God, oh, I have a car. Now I have a means to get about fulfilling God's plan faster. Are you getting what I'm saying? I have a house. Oh, it means I have a place where I can rest and commune with God better. Without the distractions of rats. Without the distractions of mosquitoes. Without the distractions of noise. Are you following what I'm saying? I have a house that I can also use and to host a home cell. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? So, you say, oh, I couldn't host a home cell well in a one bedroom. But in a fourth bedroom duplex, I can home host what? A home cell. Are, are you seeing the twist? So that means, all right, having those things is a tool for the furtherance of the gospel. It's not just for flamboyance. So the guy buys a jet. What's the jet for? Is he just to sit down in this and just, just cruising? Oh, yeah, I'm just cruising. Ah, yeah. Uh, let's go to LA. No, 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 no. That's not why a Christian minister, a Christian, buys a jet. No, sir. With the jet, it means I can get to where the place of my assignment quicker. I can put books and Christian materials and deliver it quicker to places they don't have it. Are you following what I'm saying? That's how you think. It's a tool. It's not something you, you sit down inside there and be taking picture, look at the No. The purpose of things is for eternal, is for the for eternity, for eternal value, to fulfill the eternal agenda, not for uh oppression. Hallelujah. If you learn this thing, the man that knows has learned this thing and begins to practice this and say. The money I have, I am going to confer eternal purpose on it by giving it all right for, you know, kingdom agenda. What you find is this. God will ensure more money comes to that man. Because, because when more money comes to him, glory to God, that money will be under the lordship of Jesus. Jesus will tell that man what to do with it and the man will what? We obey. So more money has to come. Let me give you an example. Everybody look at me. If you get this thing I'm saying, you will see manifestation faster. Let me give you an example. In the book of First Samuel, you had a woman's story. Her name was Anna. How many of you remember Anna? Not Adeni Gio. Anna. Alright? In the Bible. Alright? Anna. Anna was married to a guy. What's his name? Elkanah. And she, um, she was a senior wife, but she had a junior wife called Penina. 
How did I know? Well, simple. Anna did not have a child. And she didn't have a child. She was barren for years. So Elkanah married Pedina so that he can have children. Praise the Lord. Anna was going to the temple every single time to pray. Oh God, give me children. Oh God, first year, give me children. Oh God, give me children. She was not, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Until one day, she went to the temple. And while she was there, she observed the Kebe Kebe, the sons of Eli were doing. And she saw that Eli was old. She changed her prayer. She now could see that God had a need. What did God need? He needed the what? A priest. So do you know what she said? She went there and began to pray. And say, oh God, give me a child. If you give me a child, I will give him up to you. Let me tell you this in our prayer. Under the law of Moses, every firstborn child belonged to the Lord. If you go and read the book of Numbers, you are going to find that the Bible says, everyone that opens the matrix belongs to the Lord. But, so that the firstborn of the Jew will stay in his father's house, God now said, I am taking the what? The Levites as my firstborn, okay, in the place of the firstborn of the Jews. In fact, if you read the book of Numbers very well, you will find out that when they did the first census, there are two censuses that were done in the book of Numbers. When they did the first census, they found out that there were more firstborn of the Jews eh, than there were Levites. So do you know what God said? God told Moses that they should subtract the number of the firstborn of the Jews from the Levites. Then the difference. They were now supposed to pay 25 shekels on each head of those firstborn. And redeem those firstborn. Praise God. The money was now to be paid to the Levites. Which means God took that in seriously. Because every child that was born. That was a firstborn. They will take that child to the temple. Hmm? Offer sacrifice. Then they will redeem the child. From the Lord, because they are saying this firstborn, we know it belongs to you, but this is our redemption money, so that this firstborn can stay where with us. What Anna did was that she said, Lord, if you give me a child, I will not redeem him. I will give him up to you. That's what she did. The moment she went that way, it was a, because now our prayer aligned with purpose. Listen, whenever you align anything with God's purpose, you have changed the game. You have changed the game. You have changed it. If you align your business with God's purpose, you have changed it. If you align your career with God's purpose, you have changed it. You have changed it. Because now, what you are saying is this. God, where is the angelic traffic going in? What direction? Uh, is it east? Oh, yeah. We are aligned. I'm aligning my money. I'm aligning my marriage. I'm aligning my relationship. And I'm, I'm, what is going on with many people that we are, we are swimming against God's traffic? God is going this way. We are going this other way. 
You are praying for resources to go in the other way when God wants you to go this way. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Once she aligned, Samuel was born. And after she had weaned him, she took him and dumped him in the temple. Do you know what happened? After Samuel, Anna had five more children. <laughs> Do you know why? God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of what? Of love. He's not unrighteous. And what about God is this. You can't give to God, then you now come and say that uh, it was a sacrifice. Do you understand? No. Uh-uh. You see, are you sacrificed? Yes. So that I can identify with how you felt when you did the giving. When you made yourself available for the outreach. When you made yourself available for choir, and all of that thing. I use the word sacrifice to identify with that pain you experienced because it was hard. And it was tough. And probably, you know, cost you something. But let me tell you something and that is more accurate. Anything you give for the Lord and give for the body of Christ is an honor. There are many in heaven who wish they had your time. So that they could honor the body of Christ more than they did. Because now they are sitting in heaven and understanding that they don't have the opportunity that you have. Say, no, no. It's not a sacrifice. You what you should be saying when you are able to do something and you, you give something that is sacrificial. Is to, after you have given it, lift up your hands towards heaven and say, Father, I thank you for the honor to have been able to do this. Father, I thank you for the honor for have counted me worthy to do this. That's what happened with the apostles. The Bible lets us know. The apostles, they went to preach. After they had preached, they got them and they whooped them. Beat them up. These guys will not come and say, hey, it's because of this Jesus. So. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, you see? Uh, no. The Bible says they came to their own company and they rejoiced. Thanking God for counting them worthy to suffer for the gospel. It's a honor. Praise God. Somebody else is blowing his own money on prostitutes. You are converting your perishable money to an eternal value. It's a big honor. A big honor. Your actions are noted in heaven. There is a registry of what you are doing and accomplish and your impact in the kingdom by your preaching, by your giving, by your witnessing. You are making, you are depositing into your heavenly account. He said, oh no, there's someone that has no impact there. You do. Count it a honor. A privilege that you are praying to God. Never let me be behind in this honor. Never ever let me be count found wanting. Where I get to a point that my passion and my love for you has gone cold. Never, Lord, Lord, no. Hallelujah. Never. Glory to God. Never. You get to a point you align with the eternal purpose. And when you are aligned. <laughs> Hey, look, most of the challenge many people have is lack of alignment. Once you're aligned, 
my brother, once you are aligned, you can be dropped on Sahara Desert. But you will know that you know that though you may not know how, you will get out. And if you not get out, it means that that Sahara Desert is going to become a green field. Once you are aligned. Once you are aligned. Once you are not swimming against the traffic. Once you are aligned, you go to and that is the end. Praise the Lord. That is the end. Once you are aligned. Praise the Lord. Stop trying to look like the world. The world is not trying to look like you. Amen. Glory to God. In fact, they envy you. They don't want to be like you. Because they don't understand what it means to be, be you. Because you are you. Because of who is dwelling in you. And they cannot see who is dwelling in you. But they cannot see that there are certain things you do. And things you don't do. Don't let the devil deceive you that you are missing out on something. You are missing out on nothing. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. You are missing out on nothing, no? Glory to God. You are missing out on nothing. Someone says, you are wasting your life in the church. How can they be sleeping in church? Sleeping in church. They are wasting your life. Wasting my life? Me? Wasting my life? No, I am preserving my life. Hallelujah. Wasting my life. Someone says, oh, that the youth should start spending time in church. That that's not what's going to be the economy. That they should spend time in industries and factories. And that's how they're going to be the economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One does not affect the other. Amen. Amen. Yes, there's work time. Is there, is there not work time in the factory? And after I finish on work, this we go to church. Now. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Church is not our problem in Africa. Did you hear what I said? Don't let them lie to you. It's not our problem. There is church in America. New Creation Church is in Singapore. Amen. The largest church in the world for a long time was Yoido Full Gospel Church in South Korea. South Korea. I did not develop there. Glory to God. They are developed there. Church is not the problem. Don't let anybody lie to you. Glory to God. Don't let anybody say something, 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 something. People are looking for miracle money. Eh, yeah, people are looking. Yeah, 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 it's fine. We understand the semantic. I don't. Yeah, some things are. But that is not why the church, the Nigerian side is. You can't vote an idiot as president, then I'll be blaming church. You can't vote corrupt people, then I'll be blaming church. Church is not your problem. The church is the solution. We are the salt of the earth. Hallelujah. And we are going to keep. Moving on with the kingdom agenda, it's not about me. I am not the kingdom agenda. Jesus Christ is the kingdom agenda. Amen. The gospel is the kingdom agenda. Amen. So what we are doing is we keep marching on, marching on. All right, marching on, having eternity in view all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. We keep eternity in view all the time. Glory to God. You have just listened to a message. By Reverend Dr. Femi Olalea of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.